Welcome to the Pursuing Perspective podcast in connection with the Warrior Project and sponsored in part by the Medjukos Health Institute. This podcast brings together people who actively pursue healing and growth on their journey and want to help others do the same. It is not just another bank of ideas from experts in their field, but is also a place that includes paths for practical application to shift both beliefs and behaviors for the purpose of progression. It's about knowing where you're at and how to get to where you want to be. Hello friends, I am your host Chantel Thaxton-Blake. This is episode 17, The Hero's Journey. I first encountered The Hero's Journey. I mean, it was not obviously pointed out to me as an English major in college, but it was alluded to, but it became very clear when I did my student teaching and I was working, um, I was teaching eighth graders and we had a whole unit on Greek mythology. And so it was this running theme of this archetype of being called on an adventure, leaving an ordinary world, um, seeking trial or having trials and encountering um, enemies and allies and a big ordeal where you almost die. And then you kind of um, are, you know, redeemed. You, You come out of that and you're changed. You come back to your ordinary world. And there's this archetype, um, this was identified, this narrative pattern, this pattern of narrative identified by the American scholar Joseph Campbell that appears in drama, storytelling, myth, religious ritual, and psychological development. And if you think about any of your favorite movies or shows, you can see that archetype as kind of the um, structure um, from which it, it kind of hangs on. And so I want to talk a little bit about that and why I'm bringing that up today. Um, This is actually the focus, as I mentioned, this episode is going to talk a little bit about the event that we have this coming Saturday, the 28th. But this is something that came top of mind and started to be used in connection with the Warrior Project and other things I'm doing when I was asked to speak at an event for women um, a few years back. And it was um, the theme was be your own hero. So I wanted to bring in this hero's journey and how that affects our lives. And just we're so attracted to this because it's really how we interpret our lives is through story. And we all want to be the hero of our own story. Um, There was something about even my most reluctant students in that eighth grade class would engage with those myths, those Greek myths, because of that idea of facing those challenges and overcoming. I believe it is innate in our divine DNA to rise, to overcome, to go to the fullest of who we are capable of being. And that's what we want um, at our very core and to find meaning within that experience. And so this is one of the themes that I'm going to use and how we're going to wrap up our 12 steps and the rise theme. The last step that we're on is enlighten, part of the E of the word rise. And this is where we take the knowledge that we've gained and we share that with others for a higher good. We have that opportunity. And you know, this is how we recover and how we reframe our story of that journey changes the way we're able to show up and do that. And this is such a critical part of making meaning over our journey and what we've been through and being able to 
contribute to others and the greater good um, based on what we've experienced and what we've learned. So I want to talk just a little bit about the stages of the hero's journey. So there are 12 stages in the hero's journey. So the first one is the ordinary world. So this step refers to the hero's normal life at the start of the story before the adventure begins. So pick one of the stories um, or a movie that you love, like Star Wars, um, Hunger Games, um, maybe um, any of the TV shows that you like um, that come to mind and um, think about this archetype. So they start in their ordinary world, everything's normal, and you see kind of some of their character traits as you start to connect with them. And all of us have this. This is the purpose of the ordinary world is this is to let us know where we're starting from. It provides us with a place we can rest and recover before these adventures come. It's kind of our safe place that we're going to anchor to and come back to. But step two is the call to adventure. So the purpose is really to wake us up to provide us an opportunity for growth and for healing. This is the stage where the hero is faced with something that makes um, him or her begin their adventure. This might be a problem or a challenge that they need to overcome. So, you know, just in a personal example, with with the facing of the surgery and the procedures that I needed with my back, I don't know that I would call it a call to adventure. Um, But it was a challenge that was in front of me that was going to provide me with an opportunity for growth. Um, And and even though some of that was out of my choice, that I could take the choice of whether to step into that, but even more so how I was going to step into that. Interestingly enough, the third step in the hero's journey is refusal of that call. Um, the really purpose of that is because it gives us an opportunity to choose faith over fear. It connects us to, to source and connects us to our supports because this is where we really get tested in, you know, we'll have negative fears that we need to overcome, distorted thoughts, negative emotions, self-doubting beliefs. Um, and to really, if we are up for the challenge and this is where we really get to connect into and tap into, who we are and that we're capable of this. And the thing that I have learned, and I've shared this before, is that the call wouldn't come if we weren't ready for it. Um, you know, and we can we can refuse that call for lots of reasons. You know, fear of pain we've experienced on previous journeys or what we might experience on this one. Um, and, you know, is it can also be because when we feel that pain, when we know that that's going to come back, um, it triggers us, right? But it is an opportunity to heal that. Um, and our fearful mind will do whatever it can to distract us from that because the moment we start to feel it is the moment we can start to heal it. Um, but this is critical for us to be able to recognize that this is an opportunity for growth and that this call is always a call to change, a call to grow, and an opportunity to wake up and to be able to move into um, wiser parts of ourselves. The fourth step is that we meet a mentor or someone who, you know, we're in need of guidance at that time, a mentor figure who gives us something that we need, something, maybe an object of great importance, insight into the dilemma we're facing, wise advice, practical training, or even self-confidence. Whatever the mentor provides us with or the hero with in that archetype, 
The purpose is to dispel our doubts and fears and give us the strength and courage to begin our quest. So you can think about that again, you know, in movies, something that you can resonate with, a TV show, even like, you know, the popular one that we all, that I love, um, Stranger Things, um, you know, that those mentors that come in to help provide that strength and confidence that you can handle this and think about what those are. I can think about as difficult experiences have happened in my life. Every single time if I look back and now I'm aware of it and so I see it in the moment rather than reflectively, that those mentors will show up. Um, and it can come in this realm, it can come from the spiritual realm, it can, but you will have mentors that show up and help encourage you, people in your life, that you can get through this. And that's so critical. The greatest mentor, though, is the highest parts of you, what some will refer to as your highest self. As we really tap into our connection to the divine, um, that that is our ultimate mentor to remind us of really all that we are capable of and that connection through that line. Once we have that support and kind of builds our confidence that we can then go, okay, yep, I can do this. I can move into this. This takes us into step five of the hero's journey, crossing the threshold. This is when the hero is now ready to act upon their call to adventure and begin the quest, whether it be physical, spiritual, or emotional. We may go willingly or we may be pushed a little bit. Um, and sometimes we land into things we didn't feel like we had any choice on. Um, but once we're in that threshold, we do have choice about how we show up within it, right? And that's critical to keep us out of victim energy, to not keep going into, I didn't want this. I didn't want to show up here. Um, I had to really fight that within recent experiences. I don't want this. I don't want to do this because that changes the whole dynamic around it. Our ability to reframe and focus on this is happening for me and not to me, or how can I make this work for me, even though it and maybe initially happened to me, is going to be critical in being empowered as I move into crossing over into that threshold. Understanding that in that crossing of the threshold, part of that stage can be grief. We're leaving our comfort zone. We're leaving those areas of what feels safe to us. And there's a loss of that and a loss of just kind of the innocence of that, a loss of who we were at that time. Um, and so going back and reviewing the episode three on grief will be helpful um, to remember several times. I mean, you know, as as Andrew Saunderson said in there, life is a roller coaster of hope and grief. We're going to experience that in our journeys over and over and over again. And recognizing being able to name it um, is the first step in our healing that's empowering, normalizing, and validating it, that this is what it is. And to understand that it's normal, that it presents itself in a variety of ways, and knowing how to work through that is really powerful, that when we are going through change and experiences on our journey, we are going to experience grief. And as we move into that threshold is where we start to going into step six of the hero's journey, which is tests, allies, and enemies. Now, when we're finally out of our comfort zone, we're confronted with an ever more difficult series of challenges that test us in a variety of ways. Obstacles are thrown in our path, whether they're physical hurdles or people bent on thwarting our progress. The hero must overcome each challenge we are presented with on the journey towards our ultimate goal. And man, it can feel like we get stuck in here for a long time. You know, why don't we get a break? Why does why are there people continually trying to put roadblocks in our journey, right? And 
it makes it challenge, challenging to keep reframing and keep our focus. Um, we're going to need lots of self-compassion on this journey. When someone keeps pulling us back on the battlefield, it's really hard to heal. We talked about that in episode two. And to, we just have to do triage and lots of self-care when we can. Um, and recognize that sometimes we don't always have control over when we get pulled on that battlefield, but we can control how we show up to that, how we respond to it, and how we recover and reframe it after. And that's going to be where our power lies. As we get these challenges, this is going to be during this time of all these tests, this is where recovery is going to be a critical part of this stage of the hero's journey. We're going to be cycling through those 12 steps of recovery. Um, and to go back and work through those um, and remember those 12 steps that um, working through those when you're facing those challenges, and I've used it over and over in um, as they have been established and I've practiced them for their validity, the power of, you know, oh, I need to, you know, this is triggering to me. How do I work through this? And it's like, work the steps, work the steps, and it will help you move through um, to recover through these tests, these challenges that we're facing. But again, grief, recognizing that's going to be part of this stage as well. And that self-compassion is such an important part of this stage of the journey. So as we go through those challenges, um, they're actually, it's also a time where we're learning who can be trusted and who can't. We're going to learn who our allies are, meet enemies who will each in their own way, though, help prepare us for greater ordeals yet to come. I love that. In that stage, that's powerful, that even our enemies in their own way help prepare us for the greater ordeals yet to come. That's a huge reframing factor, that even the most difficult things can serve a greater purpose for preparing us for what's ahead, for greater growth, for greater knowledge, for greater awareness, um, ooh, for a greater rise, you know, and just what that can look like. This is the stage where our skills and powers are tested and every obstacle that we face helps us gain a deeper insight into our character to really find out what we're made of. And this prepares us for what comes up in step seven and eight. So seven is where we approach what they call the inmost cave. Now, the inmost cave may represent many things in the hero story, such, an, such as an actual location in which lies a terrible danger or an inner conflict, which up until now the hero has not had to face. So as the hero approaches the cave, he or she makes final preparations before taking that final leap into the great unknown. At the threshold of the inmost cave, the hero may face once again some of the doubts and fears that first surfaced upon our call to adventure. We'll reflect on our journey, the treacherous road ahead, and we have to find the courage again to continue. So a lot of times in the stories, this is where the tension's really building, and we can feel that in our own life. Um, you know, little things. It was interesting as I look back, those procedures and the mental work that I had to do for, for, to prepare for that really helped me prepare for the bigger ordeal of the surgery. Um, all those doubts and fears came back, and I had to connect back into my strength and the work that I had done. It was a time to do preparation, but it was an also a deep time for introspection. This is where this approach to the inmost cave is a time of, of introspection of our rise theme, going back to looking internally at what our thoughts, 
our emotions and beliefs are in relation to what we've experienced and what we're about to experience. Because if we can dive into that, recognize that relationship that we talked about in the TEB model and consciously filter through that and work on reframing. I'm referring to that a lot. Episode four is so powerful to go back and listen to. I'm going to make several connections to that today. But that will change the way that we can show up to the ordeal, which is step eight of the hero's journey. The ordeal or the supreme ordeal may be a dangerous physical test or deep inner crisis that the hero must face in order to survive or for the world which the hero lives to continue to exist. So again, go back to whatever movie or TV show or book you've got in mind and think about that big ordeal and what they're facing. It might be their greatest fear or their most deadly foe. This is when the hero must drop on all of their skills and experiences gathered upon the path to the inmost cave in order to overcome their most difficult challenge. That's why we can't always prepare for an event. Sometimes something happens like a car accident. We haven't prepared for that, right? Um, but when we're doing the work um, of, of healing and working through those steps, we are better prepared. But there are times that we can prepare for things that we know are coming, like my surgery, and prepare for that and those skills that we can build. But what's so beautiful about the way this journey is set up, this life journey, is that all of those things placed in front of us, just in and of themselves, increase our strength, increase our growth in a way that we're then prepared for the next thing that we're facing. It's not something we have to always seek out. It's just the beauty of the grand orchestration of this life that is it is magical and amazing that we will be prepared for what's coming next. And if we grow through that, then we're ready for even more to be able to continue on this path of growth and healing. Now, in this ordeal, there's some form of death that the hero goes through to be reborn. And sometimes that's a letting go of the death of some unhealthy beliefs, the death of fears, the death of it can be really the death of negative things, not a positive thing that allows us to be revo- reborn, experiencing this metaphorical resurrection that somehow grants us greater power insight necessary to fulfill and reach our destiny. I love that. Um, and that stage is such a powerful thing that we really can let go of the things that no longer serve us, shed those um, during this process as we work through that big ordeal where we can come out reborn and different and changed in that when we get on the other side of that ordeal we go to step nine which is the reward Um, after defeating the enemy and surviving death and finally overcoming our greatest personal challenge the hero is ultimately transformed into a new state emerging from battle as a stronger person and often with a prize. Now, the reward may come in many forms. It can be an object of great importance or power, a secret, greater knowledge or insight, or even reconciliation with a loved one or ally. Whatever that treasure, which may facilitate our return to the ordinary world, the hero must quickly put celebrations aside and prepare for the last leg of the journey. This is interesting because you'd think this would be the end. Ooh, we did it. You know, this is the end where we got our reward. But this is such a critical piece. The next step in the hero's journey is step 10 or the stage 10 where it's called the road back. This is where the journey represents the reverse echo of the call to adventure where we had to cross the first threshold. Now we must return home with our reward, but this time with the anticipation of danger is replaced with that of, you know, acclaim, absolution, exoneration, 
but it's not over yet. We might need one last push back in there, but what's critical is that on this road back, it's kind of where we are compiling or making meaning in that healing stage of reorganization of what's happened to us so that we can take that back to use it when we go back to the ordinary world. This is where reframing comes in and is so critical. I want to talk a little bit more about this. Um, You know, we are all storytellers. It's how we make sense of our life. It's an act of creation, but ours don't always follow this predefined arc. You know, it's experiences that are constantly shifting and storytelling is how we make sense of it. If we want someone to know about us, we usually tell them a story. Um, but our story is not just this list of facts. It's usually experiences um, that are either really positive or negative in our lives. These major ones that have helped shape us that we share. Um, and that's how we make narrative choices. We choose to focus on those extraordinary events, but our interpretations of those may differ. So um, Dan McAdams is one who's done a ton of work in this narrative. Um, He's an expert on what they call narrative identity. He's a psychologist from Northwestern University. And this This whole approach is about that we can make even small narrative choices to reframe our experience to make this a a positive, a takeaway, so that what we're taking on that road back can become transformative. Because really, this road back determines how we're going to show up back into the ordinary world. So, for example, we're talking about that we may interpret it differently. Um, So, let's say, as an example, we had this experience as a child where... Um, We were taught to swim by the adult in our life throwing us into the water. And for someone, maybe that was positive um, and, you know, a strong entrepreneur um, who turned that into he learns by taking risks or she learns by taking risks. For another, um, it might be why they hate boats and don't trust authority figures. You know, that same experience we can interpret differently based on previous experiences, based on our beliefs, you know, all the things that we've been talking about. Um, And a third person, you know, might not even have that as an experience they might even bring in when they're sharing their, their narrative. It might not even have been a critical piece in their childhood that determined anything. They deemed it as unimportant. So it's really interesting that we can have similar experiences, but really interpret them differently based on so much of our makeup and previous experience and what's been modeled for us. But the beauty is regardless of those things that happen to us, we can reframe those stories. Um, and so this is interesting. So in in McAdams' work for over 30 years, he interviews people and he asks those research subjects to divide their lives into chapters and to recount key scenes, such as a high point, a low point, a turning point, or an early memory. So just take a minute. If you had to put your life in chapters just say three main chapters, you know, what would that be? Um, Maybe there's a theme within each of those and you could take some time to explore that. And then he'll dive further and say, is there a central theme? Is there a central theme for you that's running across all of those? What's interesting is he discovered, um, 
Interesting patterns in how people living meaningful lives understand and interpret their experiences. People who are driven to contribute to society and to future generations, he found, are more likely to tell what they call redemptive stories about their lives or stories that transition from bad to good. So let me talk about what a redemptive story is. So a redemptive story, it moves from suffering to struggle or to salvation. So they experience a negative event followed by a positive event that resulted from the negative event and therefore gives their suffering some meaning. Now, the redemption doesn't necessarily make the crisis worthwhile, but it makes it worth something. It doesn't necessarily mean that our lives have objectively improved, but it's what we tend to focus on. As Carrie Drake Saunderson in the episode on Reframing Episode 4 talked about, you know, it's yes, I experienced this and is there another way to look at this? Um, and it's not about going into fantasy or fairy tale, but it's about choosing meaning over happiness. This is awesome. Harvard philosopher Robert Nozick said, and although it might be best of all to be Socrates satisfied, having both happiness and depth, we would give up some happiness in order to gain depth. I love this. There's a lot of research about those that actually struggled, that happiness isn't the key that keeps us here or, um, drop suicide rates. It's that their life feels meaningful, that we feel like there's purpose is what, so we can have a really difficult life, but have meaning in it. Um, You know, happiness without meaning characterizes a relatively shallow life where desires are easily satisfied and difficult or taxing entanglements are avoided. You know, we can do that, live a life of total happiness, little responsibility, but there's not a lot of depth to it. Interestingly enough, that's not what's really the thing that, that keeps us here or that fulfills us in the way that we think. What they found is a meaningful life that gives us, um, some depth, even if we have more stress, you know, like, big family or crazy job or whatever it it if it allows us to contribute to something beyond the self um that gives us this really deep meaning and and that's powerful um and we can find joy even amid stress if we can find meaning in it and even if our life has a level of simplicity to it just the fact that we seek to leave people better than we find them or do the best at our job and take pride in whatever our job is that we do a good job. Um, That gives us meaning. Those are redemptive stories that, um, that's the power of redemptive stories, that it gives us meaning. Like for an example, there was a man who grew up in dire poverty, but told McAdams that his hard circumstances brought him and his family closer together. There was another woman, one of his subjects, who told him that caring for a close friend as a friend was dying was a harrowing experience, but one that ultimately renewed her commitment to being a nurse, a career she'd abandoned. These people rate their lives as more meaningful than those who tell stories that have either no or fewer redemptive redemptive sequences. Now, the opposite of a redemptive story is what Mike Adam calls a contamination story in which people interpret their lives as going from good to bad. One woman told him the story of the birth of her child, a high point, but she ended the story with the death of the baby's father, who was murdered three years later. The joy over the birth of the child was tainted by that tragedy. People who tell contamination stories, McAdams has found, are less generative or less driven to contribute to society and younger generations. They also tend to be more anxious and depressed and to feel that their lives are less coherent compared to those who tell redemptive stories. Contamination stories are, you know, it's just... 
It's where we just get sucked into that cycle of focusing on the negative. As Carrie talked about in the episode on reframing, we either have an explanatory style of an optimistic explanatory style or a pessimistic explanatory style. And if we keep focusing on the negative, that's what grows. And that's what, what we focus on, what we put our energy to increases. And so we keep cycling in that. And that if we can learn to reframe that, and find the positives, just even changing our narrative a little. You know, yes, this really awful thing happened. And I was able to gain some empathy from it, even if it's just that. Or, and I found out I can handle things better than I thought I could. You know, there's there's always something that we can pull out of that from a redemptive end. Um, they're just, those redemptive and contamination stories are just two kinds of tales that we can spin. Um, and McAdams has found that beyond those stories of redemption, people who believe their lives are meaningful tend to still tell stories defined by growth, communion, and agency. These stories allow individuals to craft a positive identity. They're in control of their lives, their love, they're progressing through life, and whatever obstacles they have encountered have been redeemed by good outcomes. And I know it's easy to say. I know that they're that until we've walked in someone's shoes, we don't get it. And it can feel like we're drowning. We're barely keeping our head above water. And I, and I can only speak from my own experience. And I know that I'm, that I'm blessed and privileged in many ways. Um, but I do believe that this is one of the tools that helped me in my experiences as I learned this is to be able to reframe and choose to tell a redemptive story than a story of contamination. And that really changed my trajectory, my experience, what I was able to do with my story from there and gave my experiences a source of meaning. And really on that stage 10, on that road back, that's a critical time for us to look at that. How we recover and how we reframe our story really helps determine how we're going to show up. And when we can tell that redemptive story, it allows us to go into step 11, that resurrection. It's a climax where we're able to really kind of come into this new reborn. In some stories, they face one more final encounter. Um, Our lives aren't always as dramatic as the movies, thank heavens, but something like that where that really helps us move into that story of redemption. Uh, and move into that resurrection or that being reborn. The last step is the returning with the elixir. This is stage 12, uh, the final stage of the hero's journey, when we return home to the ordinary world, but we're changed. We have grown as a person. We've learned many things. We've faced many terrible dangers and even death. But now we look forward to the start of a new life. Our return may bring fresh hope to those we've left behind, a direct solution to their problems, or perhaps a new perspective for everyone to consider. Um, you know, this reward that we obtain may be literal or metaphoric. Um, it could be a cause for celebration, self-realization, or an end to strife, but whatever it is, it represents three key things. Change, success, and proof of our journey. As we talked about in the last episode about the behavior change, our behaviors really are reflective. That's kind of that final stage of have we done the inner work? Have we changed our thoughts, our emotions, our beliefs? Have we done the healing work? Because are we showing up differently Um, back in the same situations in that ordinary world? Are we showing up differently? And then this final stage that I wanted to share is this, this step 12 of the 12 steps that we've been working on 
for recovery from adversity, trauma, and abuse is this. This is step 12. In our pursuit of progression, we continue to do our own work and bring awareness and support to others on their healing journey. Whatever it is you've been through, someone needs to hear it. Um, Someone can benefit from your insight. Someone can benefit from just your empathy. Um, And it's so important for us as part of creating meaning in our life to reach out and connect with others and share our experiences in a way that we can help, that we can help, that we can find a way to do that. And I just encourage you to think about a way that you can do that. Um, It doesn't have to be big. It's so hard to think it has to be big now with all these big influencers and all these people. And I fight it all the time feeling like, you know, gosh, I wish I could reach more people or I'm, you know, how come some of the stuff that doesn't seem like it's good content, a bazillion people are following and liking. And, you know, we just get really caught up with it has to help a million people. But if it helps one person, it's worth it. And, um, you know, my mom, I think about, you know, she just, she would do such little things, um, help one neighbor go sit and listen to him for a while. Um, the neighbor whose son was dying of a brain tumor and would you know, did a little poem in a frame for them and just took that time to do one little thing, but that she could have empathy and understand because of what she'd been through and sharing that time. And that, that was huge. And I think this is what makes beauty out of our mess, meaning out of our misery, um, is when we can take that and share it with other people. And that's why step 12 is so important. I think we always have to keep doing our own healing work but in that, when we get, and, and we're, we don't have to be all healed to share with other people. Um, heaven knows I'm not. You know, this is, this is a continual work that we can, and that's why step 12 is, in our pursuit of progression, we continue to do our own work. Always, 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 we continue to do our own work. But in that, we bring awareness and support to others on their healing journey. That we give back, we contribute. Um, And to think about ways that we can do that, a small, simple way to take the journey that you've been through and help somebody else. And that's really such a critical factor to round out our 12 steps, to round out the RISE event. That's why Enlighten is that end. It's where we share knowledge and insight and inspire those around us. And that's why I wanted that to be the ending of what we're going to focus on in, in the event. Um, so that we can share our stories, we can lift each other up as we tap into and step into our strength. So I want you to think about, um, as these action items this time, these three things. So first action item, review an experience and either write it down or tell it to a friend and see if you tell a redemptive story or a contamination story. Are you using, you know, a pessimistic explanatory style or an optimistic explanatory style? And realize that you can reframe your story to create a redemptive story. Just yes and. Yes, I experienced this, experienced this, but and what else can I take from this? And then that thing that you learned, how can you use that, right? Um, so the second step, choose a positive approach to recovery from trauma, adversity, abuse, whatever, along with the tools of processing grief and reframing. I hope that you'll go back and listen to these 12 steps. And I'm excited to tell you that there's going to be more coming on those, that if you want to dive deeper and really work those, there's going to be an opportunity to do that. 
Um, I'm going to be, um, we're working on and will be releasing very soon as part of follow-up to the event and part of this um, online courses. Focusing on these steps, we're going to do them in chunks at a time, but be able to get really hands-on and active in those if you want to have more work within those. Because that allows us, that healing allows us to come to that meaning, to be able to tell a more redemptive story, because we're not still just in the middle of our wounds. It's really hard to tell the redemptive story when we're un, when we're just really unhealed or continually on the battlefield. And sometimes that's not always in our control, but we'll find the places that we can control. That's step one of those 12 steps and work within that framework to be able to heal, grow, gain insight so that we can work towards that redemptive story. The third action item, as you begin to heal and identify knowledge gained and positives, Um, and those positives from your experience, find a way to share those in a way that resonates with your personal call to help others in a higher cause. So just be thinking about one way this week that you can take something that you've learned on your journey, whether it's just empathy, you know, that you know that someone that just experienced something difficult that you experienced similar, they might just need someone to listen to right now. How can you do that? Um, and and step into that to help enlighten and share that and on that part of your hero's journey as well so again those action items you know review an experience write it down tell a friend just start to look at your explanatory style are you telling redemptive or contamination stories and what are some little things that you can do to to um change those and i'm going to share some Um, in an upcoming episode, some more um, action items about how we can really dive into that. I just want you to start to think about it right now. Really go back through and work on those steps. Continue to be committed to these 12 steps. We're wrapping these up. This is step 12 today. Um, And again, we're going to kind of talk about it a little bit more, but we're really wrapping that up. So it's about knowing and accessing additional resources if you want to work these steps or another approach that's going to help you in your healing journey. Whatever that is, go for it. You are worth the time that it takes to heal and recover so that you can show up for yourself and for those around you um, in, in such a different way. And then as you begin to heal and identify the knowledge that you gain, those positive experiences, find ways that you can share that. So just a reminder that you can find notes and references for this podcast at pursuingperspective.org slash podcast. And this podcast is released on Mondays, two to four times a month. So this Saturday, we have our event in Provo, Utah, the warrior event. And I'm going to be sharing some highlights with that event in the next episode and set us up for the next series, focusing on the hero's journey. This is what I'm excited for. What I'm going to be focusing on, there's going to be a little bit of follow-up to the event, um, on this hero's journey specifically in the next episode. But then my focus is going to be on interviewing people who have had all types of different experiences, adversity, trauma, um, physical injury, emotional injury. Um, Those I've talked to some already. I'm so excited for who I've got coming on. Um, If there's any of you that want to share, I would love to interview you and have you on as well. Um, I want us to share, I want these people to share what they've learned to enlighten us and strengthen us for our own hero's journey. That's going to be, we're going to just spend some time on Enlighten for a little while. And some of those people that have been heroes in my life, that I've seen them rise and overcome, I want them to share um, with all of us some of the key pieces that they've learned um, to enlighten and help and strengthen us on our own. 
I so look forward to connecting with you as we continue on this journey of healing and growth as we pursue perspective and progression. Until next time. Thank you for joining us today. For more podcasts and information on events, visit pursuingperspective.org.